Blog Talk Radio. It's like Nipsey's book, and I've said many times, so I think that if people read it incorrectly, they read it as history, which it really is not, per se. It is, as he stated very clearly, a set of case studies and analysis of African culture with and of African history with the question in mind in what way did these cultures or this history advance our interest in, in, as a people, and in what way did this history fail us as a people as well? And we have to look at it that way. What were the problems represented by African cultures such that we permitted ourselves to be overrun by Europeans and we find ourselves in the situation that we find ourselves tonight? And it's no insult for us to ask that question of ourselves. And it's no insult for us to look critically at African history and culture and to be critical of it. It is only through our being critical of our history and our culture that we can advance our interests as a people and survive as a people. Looking at the question, what is culture? Horton and, and, and Hunt said from life, from their life experiences, a group developed a set of rules and procedures for meeting their needs. The set of rules and procedures together with a supporting set of ideas and values is called a culture to a great extent. You feel culture involves a, a, a set of rules and a procedure for meeting needs. And this is the thing we have to keep in mind. You don't have a culture just to have a culture. And you don't claim a culture just because it's a culture or just because it's African. The ultimate thing that culture must do is solve problems. All right. That was from our dear brother, Dr. Amos Wilson. Um, he's speaking on culture and what and what is culture. Thank you for tuning in uh, to this blog talk, Holy Spirit blog talk radio show. My, I'm the host, uh, Minister G.O. Harden. And I wanted to start off uh, by dealing with Dr. Amos Wilson uh, because <clears throat> his whole subject is so prevalent, man, to, to really uh, what's going on uh, with us as a people as black people, not people of color, but black people. And this is, um, this is a tragic man. If you really, if you really want to, um, think about it, that the fact that uh, here we are and, um, as a people and, um, 20, in 2019 going on 2020 and still we're having to say, <laughs> Support black businesses. And so I titled this show, Black Folks Have No Clue What Culture Is, So They Do Not Support Black Businesses. And really what, what inspired this show, I was watching uh, earlier uh, this brother from uh, Nigeria and how he came over here from Nigeria and, and he worked um, a, a restaurant job in New York City. Uh, for about ten years, and he, and he did it for ten years, and and um, and then he he began to to brainstorm a, a, about wanting a better life for him for for himself. At that time, he was single, uh, and um, naturally he ended up meeting someone and got married and so on and so forth and had children. 
but but he realized he wanted more. And so he began to um, fill a void of that is because in, in, in a certain parts of uh, New York City, there was a heavily populated area of Nigerians. And he noticed that, man, you know, um, they don't really ser- serve our kind of food uh, out here, you know, not, not authentically. So he saw a demand, and he filled that demand um, as far as food-wise. Uh, so he got with he got with um, the restaurant that he worked at, and, and he asked, you know, for a fee, of course, uh, could he cook some of the food and store some of his, his food in the restaurant uh, to begin selling food uh, to his own people. And, and nevertheless, he began doing that, selling food uh, from Nigeria to, to, to to his people, and it became a phenomenon until, you know, I, I think his boss, uh, his former boss, was because at that time he was his own boss, uh, you know, basically told him, hey, you know, you ought to try to go down to the uh, embassy, the Nigerian embassy, and, uh, and see can you, um, you know, feed them too. And, 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 and lo and behold, he did that as well. But and, and then down the road, he ended up getting a food truck. And now he has about four or five food trucks, but he's, he's feeding not only in, in, in New York City, but also in D.C., and um, you know his business has, has really uh, thrived tremendously uh, from doing that. And, and and what a wonderful thing it is that you know his culture, his people are supporting him one thousand percent. And uh, although he's, he he says him and, his, him and his wife now work seven days a week, uh, he's fulfilling a need uh, for his people. And quite so often, black folks, for some reason, uh, black Americans, <laughs> I should say which I hate that term, but I got to say it. Uh, we think culture is, is music, <laughs> a clothing line. Represent the culture. That has nothing to do with culture. God made us problem solvers, thinkers. And the outsiders, as I call them, they know that. They know that we are the first problem solvers on this planet. And what we have stopped doing is solving problems. (laughs) We have given it up to them. And that's why you see chaos and and confusion, anarchy, barbarism, all these things hidden under, under a suit and tie. And that's why they have to control everything from, from, from the media to the White House. Because they, they, clearly, they clearly know who they are. We are not, they are not producers. They are not thinkers. They are barbarians. They are murderers and killers. And that's what they specialize in. But in order for them to survive and sustain on this planet, and they had to simply take it from us. And here you are now, like I said, you got black folks with the audacity to be hollering, support black businesses, shirt, T-shirts, and everything. Support black. What the hell I got to say that for? Do you see Jewish people saying, support Jewish, Jewish business? Do you see a Hispanic saying that shit? Do you see Germans, Italians, Haitians? 
Jamaicans? No, just black Americans. And, and, and that tells you, as Dr. Amos Wilson also talked about, of the mental disease that we have. It's mental. Even Malcolm X said you got the white man's disease. The way you think, the way you act. You got people online making money hand over fist, selling, selling you all kind of stuff, motivational stuff that make you feel good about yourself. But they're not solving any problem. They're solving their problem that they're making money. Offer your low self-esteem. But that they're not doing nothing for the mind. That's what the Bible talks about, renewing the mind. Renewing the mind. And, and, and it has to be renewed every single day. Black folks sitting around talking about, I, this is who I am. I, take me and leave me. That, I, that's who I am. All this foolishness. And you wonder why we are a, now a four-class citizen. And here they are fooling you with that immigration shit. That immigration thing, I'm going to break it down to you, what it really is. These folks know that they're dying off. So they got to bring in a new partner. So although on the outside looking in, it looks like, oh, wow, they're doing, they doing the, you know, the immigrants, you know, from Guatemala, you know, Mexico, they're doing them so wrong. Oh, my God. But what's going to – but what they're really doing is they're saying, let's piss on them, and then let's pretend to save them. Now you'll never have to worry about them lining up with black folk. Now we have a new ally, the Hispanic community, because that's the most uh, uh, growing community. So now, you, now what's going to happen, you're going to have, in 10, 10 plus years, you're going to have Hispanics acting like white folks or black folks, treating us like jack shit. All this trick in the book. Well, you think you see one thing, but it's a whole other ballgame. And black folks are so blinded by this that they really believe in what they say. If the media telling you one thing, trust and believe, like Amos, Dr. Amos was to say, everything they do is backwards. So you must see it and reverse it. That's all. If they show you that they that they, they mistreating somebody, trust me. They lining them. They lining them up again to to be a buffer to white folks. Now the buffer gonna be Hispanics. Now they're gonna be our next enemy. They're gonna they're gonna be the one discriminating against us and ain't done shit. Part by French. Ain't never been enslaved, ain't never, ain't never been beaten. You don't see Hispanics getting shot. Not too often. You, you can count them on one hand, but they're getting shot by the police too, but not like us. So now the Democrats and all the Republicans are going to flip the script and say, we're going to save you. We're going to pass laws for, to, to protect you. That's another form of this saying, we're going to do everything for everybody but them niggas. Because, again, they know who are the true producers, the originators, and the chosen. And, and, and they are of evil. 
and the Spanish people, long long they eating good and and whatever, they're gonna have a white man mentality too. <laughs> long as long you know, my people are doing good. Who gives a damn about the about the next man? And this and this thing continues. Now the the, the good news is this shit ain't gonna work. Because now the universe is taking over. Because black folks so ignorant and so caught up in all entertainment and BET and all these award shows and all these uh, reality shows, they're so blinded that the universe said, well, I, we got to get rid of them. Because you don't have the balls to do so. So that's why the sun is getting hotter. People are dying all over Europe. From all kind of sun sun diseases and so on and so forth, they died from opioids. Also in Europe, you don't hear anything about that because the universe is saying this ain't, this ain't gonna work this time. When your time is up, your time is up, and all this playing around with people's minds and and, and the trickery that you you've been doing for all all you know for hundreds of years no longer is gonna work. And the, and the crime shame is the people who get themselves involved, meaning, meaning the Hispanics down the road, you're going to suffer too. Because you jumped on that bandwagon. Instead of hugging your brother, because you ain't nothing but an African who speaks Spanish. You decide to take the easy route and say, well, I'm going to join the white man. So amazing, man. So I was looking at some of these articles, man. And um, I was reading a few articles about why black folks don't support black businesses, man. And it's crazy, man. I was reading this one article. Um, and um, it's from Black and Sexy TV. Um, this article that they wrote, and they titled it Blackout. This thing blackout, and it says why black people don't support black businesses. And so it goes on to talk about the dollar. And it says here that a dollar spends 28 days circulation in the Asian community, 19 days in the Jewish community, 17 days predominantly in a WASP community, seven days in the Hispanic community. A dollar circulates for only six hours in a black community. In other words, when a black person earns a dollar, it's typically not spent with a black-owned business. 99% of our $1.3 trillion of buying power is spent outside of our community. Blacks spend less than blacks spend less money in black-owned businesses than other racial ethnic groups spend in businesses owned by members of the group. Why? Practically, it may be inconvenient. Uh, there may be not there there may not be many black owned businesses near you, whereas there is a typically a Target, Walmart, or Sears in most communities. But how many black people have even looked to see where the closest black owned businesses are located and what they sell? And even if you find a black owned business an extra ten minute drive away, would you frequent it? So on a recent episode of Buy Black for Thirty, Dennis and Numa traveled all the way to Compton to buy gas from one of the two black-owned gas stations in the country. Maggie Anderson, who wrote this book, Our Black Year, uh, she had to travel 35 miles to get a black-owned gas station. So she started buying gas cars at the station and using them at stations closer to her. 
But even when a black business isn't too isn't too far to support, why don't we support it, man? Is there a lack of trust? Do we unconsciously think that black is inferior? I think about my friend's grandmother, a beautiful, feisty black woman who refused to be seen by black doctors. She thought that white doctors were better trained, better qualified, and simply better. Do we have an unconscious bias about against our own? Do we immediately think that a a, a Kavan Hall evening gown is inferior to a David Meister or that a Fat Farm sweatshirt is inferior to a Nike one? Yes, we do. And it says, sadly, it's been proven repeatedly that Americans generally would prefer to buy from a white vendor than a black one. A recent study where different races were shown trying to sell an iPod on site, on sites such as Craigslist, eBay, black sellers got 13% fewer response to their ads than white sellers overall. And when they did get response, they got 17% fewer offers to buy. And then, and then even these offers were 2 to 4% lower than the average offer made to white sellers. So amazing, man. So amazing. This article, it's it, it just amazing that, that it talks about, you know, how, you know, is it a mindset? <laughs> you got to ask yourself that. Again, we're the only ones that walk around here, and we're doing it proudly with T-shirts and, and, and banners and on, on, on businesses, buy black, buy black. Buy. Why do you have to say buy black? And I'm going to tell you something, in 2020, there's a lot more black-owned businesses around than it was back 10 years ago. Matter of fact, during the Obama era, there were over a million new black businesses started, and the majority of them were by black-owned women. I mean, by black women. A million. I think it was 1.3 million, but uh, over a million businesses started during the Obama era, and predominantly by black women. So you can't say, well, you know, they, they too far away. Oh, no. And, and and with with they say Craigslist, eBay, now Amazon, folk buying shit online now. That's the new thing now. P- people buy online, so you, so you can't say now, oh it's too far, oh I don't know where it is, or, or they're in a bad location. Oh no, <laughs> you get it online now. For the most part, I had a sister one time told me, man, when I worked I worked at this restaurant, this. Um, uh, nice restaurant that I worked at out, out in a in a richer part of Atlanta, uh, in, Al, in Alpharetta. They call it. And I'll never forget this. This sister was telling me when she wasn't talking to me, she was talking to these other sisters, and she said I would. She said, and she was. And she basically said, she said if if, if it's black, if it's um, black owned, I, I won't buy it because it won't. It, it, it'll be cheap and and, and um. With bad, with poor quality. I'm just paraphrasing, but that's what the sister said. So she would frequent this this, this restaurant every Sunday for, for for brunch. And then finally one Sunday, I was you know I I was I was uh, walking by, and um, she said, "Ooh, that that's a nice bracelet. That that is beautiful. Where you got that from?" And I said, "A, a sister made it for me. You know, uh, you know her name is Precious." So when I said the name, her face just dropped. But she couldn't take her eyes off. She just rolled my hand back and my wrist back and forth, you know, looking at it. And she said, oh, that, that that looks like, you know, that's pretty good quality. And I said, yeah. I said, I can hook you up whether you want to. 
She said, no, that's all right. But it, 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 it's nice, though. I mean, it looks real good. Because her mind was made up. Her mind was made up that 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 anything black, she wouldn't buy it. <laughs> she just made the statement, she, uh, if it's black, it's white. <laughs> I'm just paraphrasing, but that, that's the gospel truth. So, so in this article, it goes on to say that some say that they don't frequent black businesses because they receive poor treatment from black proprietors. Do we lack professionalism? Are we too comfortable with each other? So we, we provide less professional, professional service. For instance, when you have an appointment at white service providers, they usually see you at the scheduled time. Oftentimes, black proprietors seem to have an automatic ish at the end of your appointment time. I'll see you at 11-ish. Others have said that sometimes service is given with a side of bad attitude. True? And if so, do black business owners treat black customers poorly because they are too, they too are treated poorly? You know, people always expecting a hookup showing up late for appointments and not paying fully or punctually. Or, or at the same time, have you ever received poor customer service at a non-black business but still return? Are we less forgiving to black people? Some have also complained that black businesses are more expensive than others. If black businesses aren't doing the volume, it would make sense that they would need to charge more. But, of course, all of us want the best deal possible. But would you pay slightly more because you are investing in the black community? A study found that half a million to one million jobs would be created if middle and upper class blacks spent one-tenth of their dollars with black businesses. And black businesses tend to employ a high percentage of black people. Undoubtedly, black businesses need black support. It's so tough for a black person to start and say and stay in the business. Study after study has proven that the big the biggest factor in determining who gets who gets a business loan and who doesn't is race. And when a black person does get a loan, they pay on average thirty two percent higher interest rate. It's no surprise that our business fails at a faster rate, and although we make up 13% of the U.S. population, 7% of our small businesses are owned by blacks. And perhaps we should consider spending our dollars where they are truly appreciated. And companies spend just 3% of their advertising budgets to market to African-American consumer, but we buy anyway. And people got to understand that. And people are always thinking that marketing firms spend a lot of money on, on, on black advertising. Hell no. They know you already think in your mind that their ice is already colder. So they ain't even got to worry about you. You are dead you are dead duck. Whatever they produce, you're going to buy. And going back to what I was saying first, saying in this, in this area where I live, in this richy area, let me tell you something. And my friend can attest to this too. The majority of the customer service out here is white. Some Hispanic, some black, but, but, but the majority is white. I'm talking about from retail to service stations, whether gas stations or mechanic shops, or whatever. Let me tell you something. It is some of the worst service you ever you you you, you can ever imagine. And I, I I've been in the service industry for for, for um, nearly 38 years of all types. And I'm telling you that whole myth about Bad service, bad customer service. These white folks are so trifling, it ain't funny. And the things that they they would they they, they do, do do to your service, 
and your food and how they overcharge you is ridiculous. So that whole myth, I'm telling you firsthand from somebody who got 38 years of experience and and, and no customer service, who have tra- taught customer service. That's a bold-faced lie by black folks. Uh, 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 I'm professional. These folks can care less about you. I've heard them say, I'm tired of all these niggas. If one more nigga come in, I'm going to scream. And again, this is in a, a, an affluent community. So stop fooling yourselves and, and being duped in the mind from what you heard. The stereotypes. Your educational system that shows you as, as an inferior. Because you still stuck on slavery because that's what they bust you in the head with in school is just you as a slave. And with all this education now and technology, I blame the parents. I'm not teaching them about Dr. Amos Wilson, Marcus Garvey, Dr. Ben, Dr. John Henry Clark, a Sheikh Antadia. I can go on and on with, with, with uh, 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 Brother Delbert Blair. All these great uh, stories, uh, uh, um, um, Dr. Uh, Francis Crest Rosing, all these wonderful people that, that, that we have at our fingertips now that they can learn about who the hell they are and that everything they've learned in school is a bold-faced lie, down to the math in the English, the language is a bold-faced lie. Because when you don't know who you are, you'll believe in the damn thing somebody will tell you. And that's partly why we're, we're so brainwashed to not even support each other. Sure, you're going to have, you're gonna have bad uh, 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 guest service sometimes. Bad customer service or, or what have you, or, or the proprietor, he or she may not be professional. Sure, you're going to have that. But I have witnessed it more with them than us. Sometimes we jump out, we, we jump out the box too soon, and we're not ready. That's a, that, that's a lot of our problems because we, we we jump out too soon and we're just not ready. We have to begin to work in excellence. That's our problem. In excellence, because that's who we are. And that's what you walk in. You walk in excellence. You walk in greatness. And that thing will show in your business, in your home, your children. You walk that thing out. Even when you, when you, when you have difficult times, you walk it out. Because that's who you really are. It's amazing, man. It's so amazing. And this was the, uh, and the person who wrote this, this is named Randy Bryant. Wonderful article, man. Wonderful article, uh, article that she wrote. And, uh, you know, again, it's from uh, Blackout is what she titled it. And um, wonderful article. And, and then there was another article I saw. It talked about from the Odyssey. Uh, it talked about um, four reasons black people don't actually support black businesses. And number one, it says black businesses are hard to find. Again, like I told you, most stuff now is online. So, so we, we know that ain't true. You know, but but in this article it says in some areas this is an un, under 
underestimate. And they are hard to find in two ways. Many businesses are simply too far and, and few between. Although black people make up 13% of the population, we only account for 7% of business. We know that. And studies show that black entrepreneurs are far less likely to receive bank loans compared to, compared to white entrepreneurs. And those, black, and those black entrepreneurs who do receive loans often pay higher interest rates because of this. Most black businesses don't get off the ground. Okay, that's number one. And then uh, another one was, um, it says, when you do find them, they are closed during the hours. Their door clearly states that they are supposed to be open. Again, you're going to find sometimes that these businesses aren't even ready. I saw a sister, you know, uh, um, in, in um in Roswell, Georgia, she had, she had a beauty she had a beauty store, and she was open, but she only had one third. But she she only had one third of product, and I was I was like, damn, sister, I want to support you, but why you you know? And, and I'm sure because she she got she, she was paying rent and the whole down and, and so forth, so she had to get some sales in, but it wasn't a good look because she had all the shelves in place, but but like I said, seventy percent of her shelves were empty. She wasn't ready. She wasn't ready. And then number three says it's lack of professionalism. I, I, I talked about that. You're going to find that sometimes. And then the fourth one is, is cost. Cost can be variable because, number one, you got to understand something. A lot, quite oftentimes, the rent is higher. If they do get a loan, the interest rate is much higher. So, so on many occasions, we have to charge more money. You ain't got no choice. You really don't. You're going to have to charge more because of all the things that I, I just mentioned. And um, it's, un, it's unfortunate. But at times, you know, that, 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 that's how the, as they say, that's how the cookie crumble. But you gotta understand something, man. We, 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 you know, we, we as a people, when you talk about culture, it's about fulfilling a need, man. And Dr. Amos Wilson talks about this in this one wonderful YouTube video. It's called "Culture Must Solve Problems." Again, by Dr. Amos Wilson. I urge you to go check it out on YouTube. It's like about an hour and a half long, but it says "Culture Must Solve Problems." And you understand this. So stop running around saying, you know, represent the culture. It has nothing to do with your clothing line. Not a damn thing. And, and and speaking of clothing line and whatever else, why in the hell do black folks start fat phone, fubu, uh, uh, baby fat? What's the other one? I, I forgot. That. There's several of them. You come up with you come up with clothing line, rock and well. And then you turn around and you sell it. And black folks are like, ooh, yeah, they sold it. What the hell you sell it for? Because the whole objective is when these Asians and whatnot, when they buy these companies, they're not buying them because they think it's a good business deal. They're buying them to shut you down. That's why the next time you see Fat Farmer Subu, Fubu, you see them where? In a Macy's. On a discount clearance rack. Because they're shutting it down. These people ain't playing. You playing chess? They playing fucking chess. You you glad like a Jay Z got two hundred million dollars, but he had a billion dollar he had a billion dollar company. 
that black folk was buying. I mean, look how big Jay Z is now. If he kept Rockwell to his damn self, how much money he 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 probably be making? He'd be a billionaire easily. Probably two billion dollar company. That's what they got their eye on. That's why they love to come in and buy a Beats by Dre. Because the ultimate goal is never let these people thrive. Sure, give them half a million. Get you know you know give them I mean give them, give them half a million dollars. Give them a million dollars. But never let them strive independently. There's always a white man behind your dollar. I don't care if you're Jay Z, Oprah, or whomever. They they own your tail, saying, "Act. Right, that's as far as you're gonna get." Because as soon as God gives you something, He gave you hip hop. You gave it to the Jews. Every time God gives you beauty for ashes, you turn around and say, I don't want that. Because you won't sacrifice. Create your own distribution company. Your own publishing company. All the Negroes. You can't, you can't put your mind together and, you, and again, problem solvers and, and say, we're going to control this music. If we got to do like MC Hammond, sell the shit out of our, our car, that's what the hell we'll do. But we're going to control this music and, and the narrative of this music. You don't even control it now. That's why Prince did. Michael did. You think you control it? They'll knock you off and get it right back from you. But you can never have no power as a black man. And the sad thing, saddest thing about it before I close this thing out is because we're so damn ignorant, they don't have to do a damn thing to us. Our mind is, our mind is so shocked that they don't have to do a damn thing now. Shout out to my brother, the late Nipsey Hussle, that was doing big things in his, in his community. There are so many, so many other people out there that are doing great things and trying to empower and improve their community, and we don't even support it because there's so much hateration going on in our community as well. So if somebody's striving, now we want to hate on them. We're the only, only people on this planet got the audacity to keep telling each other to support something that common sense tell you you're supposed to do, because you're problem solvers. You see a need. We, we we need houses. All this justification keep going on. We ain't got not one developer that owns a town or a city that he or she controls. But we but we bragging about being real real estate people all, you know, all, all on a small scale. But we can't stop nobody from coming in our, into our community and taking over. That's why Dr. Claude always say we only the same thing we owned 100 years ago. We own still today one half of one percent of all all wealth. That's all we own. With all these big names I just named and, and even more, that's all we own. Because we we are truly consumers and stunners. I saw an interview today uh, on, on the Beverly Club. Mike Epps was talking about how he got 20 cars. He owns 20 cars. How the hell you own 20 cars and not 20 houses? Uh, 20, 20 properties. Come on now. Are you serious? I'm going to close out, man, uh, again, with our dear brother, Dr. Amos Wilson. 
Hey, thank you guys for tuning in, man. I just wanted to come on, man, because this thing was, was just bothering me about, about this culture, 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 when, when the culture is about fulfilling the need in that community. We need food. We need stores. We need the rivers and lakes. All the water tainted. We need, we, we need sanitation. We need, we, we need science labs to begin to recycle, to restore. Waste management, waste management is a billion-dollar industry. Black folks don't even think about that. None of this stuff. Electricity, none. All, all the things that we need to fulfill our needs, we don't even fucking look at and don't even own. We worrying about clothing and perfume and smelling good and looking good and stunting in cars. And fucking 2020. Pardon my French. This is my time is up, and I thank you all for tuning in. But as we always say in party, man, to know yourselves is to love yourselves. Love yourself because it's about spending time with God. We love you. We'll see you soon. I'm going to end this thing out with uh, Dr. Claude Anderson. I'm sorry, Dr. Amos Wilson again. Again, on the YouTube, uh, Dr. Amos Wilson, it's called Culture Must Solve Problems. Peace and God bless. Deception rules and procedures together with a supporting set of ideas. Cultures are not just ways people sing and dance and what they eat and how they dress and the rituals and so forth that they perform. These ways of behaving and dressing and so forth are based on sets of ideas and values. And ultimately, in a deeper sense, it's this set of ideas and values that lay the basis for culture. Clarkon and anthropologists indicated that culture uh, is all the, uh, and he defined culture as all the historically created designs for living explicit and implicit, rational, irrational, and non-rational, which may exist at any given time as a potential guide, as potential guides for the behavior of man, for the behavior of the people. In other words, culture creates designs as a result of this history for living and provides guides for its members, guides for behavior. As a set of the guides for designing, uh, for guiding, uh, for guiding the behavior of its members, a culture provides standards of proper cognitive, emotional, and behavioral conduct. Culture provides a set of norms and concepts of what is to be expected to exist, why we expect them to exist. Though culture is a product of actual experience, culture is essentially ideological, meaning that it essentially exists in the mind because culture ultimately is based on the sharing of beliefs and customs and expectations. We receive our culture as a result of, as a part of our social heritage. To the degree that the individual identifies or is at one with this culture, and to the degree to which the members of the culture identify with it, culture is represented in the minds of its people. In other words, we have to recognize deeply that culture cannot exist outside of ourselves. It only can exist in our minds and in our bodies as a people. And therefore, to a great extent, it is ideological more than it is physical, more than it is just behavioral, more than it is just ways of dressing. Ultimately, a culture must be represented 
in the very minds of the people. And it is only through its representation as a mental entity that a people can identify with the culture. A culture is a way of thinking, a way of attending the world, of perceiving the world, of classifying and categorizing the world, of ordering the world, of processing information, and of evaluating the world. When we say then that the Europeans decultured us or distorted our culture, we are also saying then that the Europeans have distorted our modes of attending, of attending the world, our modes of experiencing the world, our modes of classifying and, and uh, categorizing the world, our modes of processing information that comes from the world. So there's no little wonder then that we are having problems in what some people call education, particularly as it is European, uh, Eurocentrically designed, that our children are perceived as having problems in thinking skills and math skills and science skills and so forth. Because ultimately, you see, culture provides you with a frame for thinking. It provides you with a structure for organizing information, for classifying information, for evaluating information, you see, for processing information. And when you distort a people's culture, then you distort their capacity to appropriately organize information and deal with it. And this is what has happened to us. This is the reason why I say again and again that the problem of education in terms of the problems our children have in school are not education problems. They are political. They only express themselves as educational problems. The problems our children may have in paying attention, thinking so-called logically, categorizing, classifying, in terms of vocabulary and so forth, are really not academic problems. They are cultural problems, and they are the result of political interactions. Because in, tran in transforming our sense of who we are and what we are, and in transforming our culture, so was our thinking and so forth transformed as well. This is why ultimately the educational problems of our people will have to be solved in terms of cultural transformation not just in terms of educational technique, you see. And this is what the white try to lay on it. We're going to discover finally that great reading technique. Children can learn almost in any way you teach them. But it's about more than technique. It must be a part of a total cultural structure. And the children must come with a cultural intentionality because no technique is going to matter if they pay no mind if they have no interest, you see, if that culture has given them little or no reason for learning what, uh, what is to be taught, if what they're learning is really not relevant to their situation and their circumstances. And so we have to understand very much how culture itself structures the thought processes. Now, there are some of you who are saying, but there are those of us who knew nothing about African culture and we got all A's in school and so forth and so on. Remember this, though. We got these A's in school, and we went through these schools at the price of alienation. 
a chance as um, as uh, the gentleman who Carter G. Woodson wrote about the fact that he, it took him, what, 30 years to get over that Eurocentric education. What is he talking about? To a degree, without that African-centeredness, without that African sense of culture, without an African-centered intentionality that determined why he was learning and for what reason he was learning and how he was going to use his learning in the interest of African people, he adopted an alien culture, as many educated blacks have had to do. In adopting the alien culture and adopting the alien outlook and adopting alien values and so forth, they adopted then a thought framework, you see, that allowed so-called what? Success within the European academic system. 